You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hello, everybody. David Hall. Hey, hey. Greg Hectus. What's up, everybody? Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. And special guest, Nick Ottinger. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me on here. Well, welcome, champion uh, Nick Ottinger. We'd love, always love to have the Coke uh, champion on our show after winning it, and you got it done this year. Congratulations. Um, let's start out with how your week has been since the race has been over. I have seen that you did some, me- like a media tour, so to speak. Uh, you went on a, the Downshift podcast. You're on our podcast. I think I saw you over on uh, Kyle Long's podcast. Uh, what else have you been doing? It's been a pretty incredible experience, you know, after winning the championship that night. It was it was pretty interesting. I mean, I didn't expect to have all. So I had a a lot of interviews legitimately right after the race. You know, how, how the NASCAR drivers actually have their Zoom meetings and stuff like that with the interviews and stuff. That's how That's how it was for me. It was just an incredible experience. I had a, you know, being on Colorado Long Show is pretty cool. And just, you know, to have the avenue to really expand outside of, you know, just racing. You know, Kyle's a huge fan of, you know, esports with his own team that he has in the series. But also just expand it to, you know, someone who does football. You know, they, they understand team aspect and atmosphere and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool just talking with them about that. Okay, and then NASCAR went to Phoenix for their championship. Uh, I was out there. I was kind of hoping to see you, but I didn't see you out there. I was too. You know, it sucks with this. You know, the times we're in. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be safe, and that's the number one thing you gotta look. At. You gotta be safe and make sure everybody's, you know, you're not having any problems with people gathering and stuff like that. So. Uh, to me, it would have been a great experience, you know, but we you know we may have another experience, you know, next year going to a race or doing, you know, our race and still, you know, presenting me as a champion or something. I mean, it's it's just a cool experience, you know, to be able to get it done after nine years. And I I never looked at, personally, I never looked at Karen to, to be fair, never standing on that stage because my focus was just, you know, getting my job done and winning, winning the race and then winning, winning races and winning championships. So. If, you know, like this year, if it happened, it would have been cool. But, you know, then it, I mean, there's still times for next year, possibly going to Daytona and for the 500 and stuff. So, it, you know, it's it's just what it, this year is, you know, 2020 has been a weird year. You know what? You're better off going to the 500 than going to the Phoenix race. It, it was a little dull compared to the Saturday and the Friday race I saw. I went all three days. I did see Evan Pasoko out there and we got a picture together. But it, it was pretty fun. And, uh so let's let's talk about your history. I mean, you mentioned it a little bit. You've been in this series a long time. Um, I, I found a, on the simracingwiki.com uh, some of your stats going back, and uh, I wanted to just take a quick look at those. Um, let me bring them up here. But you've been around this uh, series for a while. Uh, 2012 is looks like when it started for you, um, and I'm going to read off your positions since 2012. Uh, fourth, third, third, 
14th, 6th, 13th, 5th, 9th, and now 1st. That's a, that's a lengthy career in sim racing, I would say. <laughs> it's so, and I, I gotta be frank with you, it's so hard being competitive for, you know, let alone one year, to be fair with you, Mike, and be, you know, have a career that spanned, you know, nine years, you know, in sim racing, it's pretty cool. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people go, oh, it's sim racing, it shouldn't be that hard, but I mean, in this series, it is. I mean, it's just, you have guys from first all the way to 40th, and back then it was all the way to 43rd as well that were separated by legitimately hundreds of a second on the service. I mean, every lap, and that's such a, it's such a difficult competition, and you know, the credit to, you know, how our, how stable and reliable people are on the series to, you know, dedicate time to really just put all the time they can to be better and it's just it's ultra competitive it's ultra competitive and you know we started off you know like you mentioned fourth for our first year we actually won in our first start too and at phoenix back in 2012 and it's been a pretty incredible career to this date for sure yeah and i gotta say i mean a lot of those years are top five i mean you just top five them to death and eventually you'll get it and you just prove that point um let's talk about the 2020 uh finishes a little bit um, as I look through the finishes throughout the year, I mean, you started off real stout with a second and then 20th, 16th, 13th, 14th, and then finally you broke through with that win at Dover. Um, how did you get that turned around and get your season back on track there? Well, like you mentioned, our season started really good at Daytona. I mean, I've always considered, you know, our team to be a really strong restrictor plate team and just the, the team I had behind me. You know, spotted Justin Weaver and our crew chief. I mean, I, I consider us being such such good restrictor plate teams. You know, that set our season for high hopes. I mean, getting a second and being just thousands of a second away from winning it. You know, in our first start for William Byron Esports. And, you know, next couple of races, we showed speed, to be fair. And we just, we got into some issues on track. You know, just, it's just early in the season. You know, people are just finding their groove. And, you know, we just, we just didn't put that string of, finishes with how we were performing on track so you know dover dover was definitely a turning point for us and i think it was the turning point for us and showing that we can get it done to win races and contend for you know races throughout the year and i always look back myself the 2013 where i won you know it's still a record of this to this date is six wins in the year and I felt like I, it was that year was either win, wreck, or you know, lose internet connection to the server, and that's that's why I look back for this year is like I've only had really that 2013 season here to for myself for as a driver to know what I can do and compete every single week. And honestly, that's what we did all in 2020. We, we competed pretty much every week from Dover on. Um, when you look at statistically and it's just it's a lot of hard work that goes behind the scenes, you know, from Honestly, my team owner, when we had of uh, William Byron, when we had in the Pro Invitational Series, I mean, we put a lot of time together to really bring out the best in each other. And it's a lot of, you know, the little tidbits we, we helped each other with. But I mean, it's just all the small things we done with each other to progress. So 2020 was definitely a good year. I mean, like I said, it's a weird year, you know, with all this, you know, COVID stuff. But it created a lot of opportunity for us, for iRacing and, and, you know, for me personally, working with William, it gave me a lot of insight to what he does to prepare for races and what I could do better to prepare for races, even in the simulator world. So it was definitely a good year. 
Yeah, it was surreal watching you guys in the spring working together um, and, and getting to see that um, on those broadcasts. Um, pretty cool. Yeah, towards the, the back half of this year, I mean, I see all these finishes. Uh, I see third a bunch of times. And so it was like third, 37th, third, sixth, third, third, sixth, third, first, you know, and so on. And so, I mean, uh, you were just top five in them to death at the end there. Yeah, I mean, it was... That was a lot of a lot of work. Like I said, after Dover, man, I mean, we really, really turned our you know speed around. I mean, we were, we definitely had good good speed to begin the year, but I mean, we wouldn't have winning speed consistently. You know, it was like hit or miss. You know, every two or three weeks we did, and I mean, that's just that's what I I pride myself on. Just you know, doing the best I can week to week. Like I always I always week look forward to the next race. I mean, that's it's kind of it's not ideal to look, you know, two races ahead, three races ahead and be like, oh, yeah, that's an easy win or that's an easy top five. Like everything can change. You can bring a car that's worthy of like 20th or, you know, you can bring a winning card based based on, you know, how much effort you want to put in. And I mean, our season really turned around after Dover. I mean, we really put our head down and working with William for the Pro, Seri- Pro Invitational Series, opening my eyes to, you know, just making sure I needed to get that comfortable feel in. And what really helped me out, to be honest, was, you know, I had a great partner with Logitech G, you know, William Byron Esports brought them on this year. And I was worthy enough to know, thank goodness, I was, they were on my car. And I love representing them and you know, what they do for our team. And they actually sent me a new Logitech G923 True Force wheel to, to try out. And... What you just brought up about the third place finishes, that was the first time I drove on the wheel and I've been running it ever since. So I mean it's definitely feel and comfort feel has added to, you know, my sim level um racing attributes and I was on a seven year old Logitech Driving Force GT wheel before that. And at the time I could feel, you know, I was losing the force feedback in it, but I mean it's just it's night and day different for what this new wheel does for me and just the way I can feel the car and adapt to, you know, each corner and feel the right front, you know, when I'm wearing it or something like that. So it's great to have the partners we have at, at William Byron Esports and just when it's been a great, good year for us, you know, expanding in that aspect. Right. Is, is that a bigger wheel um, physically? Like the diameter of it's a bigger too, right? Uh, it is, yes, a little bit bigger. I mean, it's got a... What I like a lot is the way I can actually place my hands. I actually place it like... I place it at like 9.30 and 2.30 is where I like, you know, driving my hand placements and stuff. And it gives me... I don't drive with, you know, gloves or nothing like that. But, I mean, I've had some gloves that I could use. And just just the comfort I have, just being able to turn the wheel and rest my hand on there has been really huge you know, for me, myself. And I mean, I've got, I got a lot of buttons on that wheel that I can use, you know, to just break bias and stuff like that. And, you know, tools you, you'd use in actual sim car and i mean this night and day difference to what it's added to you know my sim level ability and it's been helping you know getting me to that next step i would say okay very good let's talk about uh the the last race and you were freaking me out throughout the week with your tweets about no internet hey it's sunday the race is tomorrow and i have no internet what am i gonna do and uh, boy, I can't believe the nerves. Uh, I mean, and obviously you can't practice either. So tell us what's going on there. And you hit the nail on the head. I was nervous, man. I mean, really. I mean, that's 
you got to look at it as also it's the biggest race for the top four in their whole sim racing career and lives, to be honest. I mean, there's not a lot of chances you get to race for, you know, $100,000 at the end of the day or a championship. And what I've always wanted to do is get myself a championship with our team. Because, I mean, the group I had behind me has been with me for years and years. And they've, you know, they're the ones pushing me to get better constantly. And they make me better on the track. So, I mean, that week was challenging for sure. I mean, I had, it it was great we locked ourselves in a can with our kansas win because i didn't have to do really nothing for texas but what i did for the texas race was i mean beforehand was you know test a lot for homestead so luckily i had enough to bank on that week but anytime you give up time to your other competitors especially that quality and time of where you need to make speed it it was tough i mean it's a challenging experience to you know lose power wednesday in with you know the one storm we had come through for you know over here where I live and we had, we lost power for two days and and our internet wouldn't come back on because I mean it we lost power and just they had trouble with you know connection lines and stuff like that and so made a backup plan I contacted William and we made a backup plan and um, decided we we're gonna go to one of my buddy's house to practice and at that point we thought I was we thought I was gonna have to race on on that extra rig he had and I couldn't do it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I could, I was good for the first 10 laps of each run, but you know, a comfort really matters in sim racing and especially physical racing when you're doing a cup series for, you know, like William, for instance, it was, it was a challenge in itself. I was two tenths off a lap after the first 10, 10 laps of a run. And I can, I could not do nothing different. Like I brought my own, my own, you know, steering wheel and pedals and, I just, it's something about, you know, just being comf- comfortable in the sim racing world. And I, I do not wish that on anybody because, I mean, that's a nerve wracking, especially for all that pressure you got to put into, you know, just really get your testing time in. And uh, that's what made it even more, you know, wholesome winning the championship was just, you know, how that re- week went prior. And so it came up before the race several hours before. Did you ever consider oh i can't trust it i mean maybe they turn it off again because they're still working on it uh did you ever go that go through your mind or you're like no i'm gonna race from home i mean i'd be lying if i said it didn't go through my mind but i mean that's a big reason why i thought to go to my buddies and it was (laughs) it was just it was crazy times man i I definitely thought like i hope it holds up you know hope it holds up in a race because you know sports not gonna be bad for the season we've had but i want to get a championship and i thought at the time like this is my best chance for a championship so what what should i do and i was thinking i was like i need to go the comfortable route and just you know risk it because either way i was risking it you know racing at somebody else's house somebody on somebody else's rig or you know be comfortable and risk you know internet going out so i wanted to be quickest on track <laughs> that's what i cared about more and being comfortable and make sure i can actually get that extra 10 percent you know on restarts or whatever it may be and because it's just it's so hard putting time in on somebody else's rig and getting the same lap time out of it in such a short period of time when you only have a day to prepare for it right well uh congratulations on the championship uh, of course at the end there it was like the, the the premium moment of why we like to sim race when 
you, you have new tires and they don't, and you're coming up through there. And boy, did you just put on a lesson of how to come up through there. And, and did you have any doubts or what were you thinking as that, that run was happening and you're getting those quick cautions and you're, you're moving forward every time and you're, you can taste it, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, this is what I told a couple of people as well. when they asked me that same question and I, I tell them this, like, the prior three races we had at you know mile and a half tracks, we've always had a caution in the last ten laps of a race. On the same as that strategy. I got beat by that strategy at Las Vegas. And I'm like, okay, what would I rather do? Like at a track like Homestead where you're you're out of the throttle a lot more and it's more important to have tires, especially because you got a lot more fall off. But like I would rather strategize and bank on a caution coming at the last two to five laps of the race. And Luck was on our side. Everything aligned for that, obviously. But there's a lot of strategy I went behind it because, again, I, like I mentioned, the prior three races, that same thing happened. And I also told people this. like I didn't expect the two playoff guys to have the issues they did. I expected somewhere else in the field. Field and back, you know, like the 25th or 30th range, like, it's, like it was the past couple couple races. And everything that's aligned in that moment, man, to be, to be fair. <laughs> and... It was something I strive for. Like we strategized for that, and what sucked is we really had to dig ourselves out of that hole. We kind of forced ourselves in that, you know, alter and pit strategy because when I mean, we got trapped being the first car lap down in the caution before that came out. So I mean, we kind of had to do something a little bit different than the leaders. Uh, we probably didn't have it on raw pace after 15 laps, to be honest, and. We, we banked on, you know, the race being short runs at the end to finish the race, like 15 laps, 10, 15 laps, 20 laps. And I felt we were good as, as good a car as any in that, you know, that lap span. And, and again, everything that's aligned for our, you know, Logitech G machine is going to have asked something to go different. I mean, emotions came, you know, to the forefront at the end. And that was just nine years of hard work, you know, for me and my guys just getting it done finally. You know, as they say, you couldn't write a story that good. I mean, the different storylines that were going on, like you said, uh, you, you weren't the guy that was going to win it there. You know, even with maybe 25 to go, it looked like it was going to be somebody else. And But it all worked out. It was fun to watch. It was huge entertainment for us as the, as the list, uh, watchers. But, um, yeah, congratulations on that. Let's talk about the future a little bit. What are you running today? I mean, now that the series is over, are you taking it easy? You taking a break? Are you doing some leagues? And then, uh, you know, what's your plan? You know, going into the future for uh, next year? Yeah, my plan. I mean, uh, my plan. You know, this that was such a lengthy season. I mean, well, that's our longest season to date. You know, going from I think it was February early or mid February all the way to, to November first. I mean, we had a twenty race season. And that's for me personally. I like longer seasons. It's just the last couple of races. You know, going back to back and back. And just the level of pressure and, you know, the way that our season, our challenging week to end the season was. I mean, I, I definitely have been taking a little bit of time to just get away from the computer a little bit, get away, get away from sim racing, but not away from, you know, my buddies that I communicate with almost daily. You know, all get is your relationships and team around you. And, you know, it's never done just talking with your buddies on that front. So... I do plan on coming back to iRacing a little bit more, you know, this off season, just do some fun races and stuff like that. Maybe just 
go in there, get my butt whipped sometimes or whatever in some other cars, see if I can learn anything. But right now it's just lay low and chill. All right. I like it. And um, you're going to be watching the pro series and see who your competitors are going to be for next year. Uh, who do you have your eye on? Uh, who should we be watching for? That's a good question. I think they're they're definitely worthy to be in there. All the drivers for the pro series and better you know bottom twenty from you know our season this time. That some of them had a really good pace. I mean, I expect a lot of guys like Matt Busa to um, step it back up and get himself back in the series. I mean, he's a good friend of mine, and I know he can really use a good run and get himself back in there. But it's six races. I mean, it's it's six important races that you got to string together and make sure you finish top 20. And outside of that, I don't really know who else I'd look at. I mean, I don't want to sound disrespectful or nothing, but I don't know all the drivers in there. So I just know the ones that I've raced this year that they're all capable, you know, the bottom 20 that see come back into the series because they proved it, you know, this year being in the series. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Like you said, the competition is tight. Those 20 guys are romping, you know, to get back in and, and you got to be good to beat them. So, yeah, we'll be watching. But Nick Ottinger, thank you so much for coming on. Coca-Cola champion uh, for the first time. We love to have Coke involved. And you got the 100K. Uh, congratulations on that. And, um, hey, uh, the second time I think you've been on our show, well, we're happy to have you back anytime. Yeah, thank you, Mike. I definitely appreciate it, you know, coming on here, the question you guys had. And hopefully we do this more often. I do enjoy, you know, doing – podcast with you guys a second enjoyable one so thank you guys all right welcome and uh hey enjoy being the champ and we'll catch you next time okay with that uh thanks to nick uh, for coming on we're going to jump to topics next of course topics are sponsored by the schoolyard setups if you're struggling to crawl into the top 10 and road to pro always in the back of the xfinity and need that extra 10th to compete in the nascar iRacing series Visit schoolyardsetups.com and get race-ready setups for A, B, and C series each week. Use referral code 207124 um, to enter. To let them know that you've heard about it from iRacers Lounge uh, podcast. Don't get bullied around the racetrack again. Get your setups at schoolyardsetups.com. And with that, Brian, uh, looks like, wow, World of Outlaws is back. Yeah, so uh, Monday night was officially back in action. The World of Outlaws, the NOS Energy World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series, that is officially, kicked off this past Monday at Volusia Speedway. Um, and uh, two-time defending champ, Alec Bergeron, he took the checkered flag in that opening race, so he's back on track to defend his title. Um, now, this uh, broadcast, this this uh, was actually broadcasted exclusively on Dirt Vision. It wasn't on the iRacing uh, YouTube channel like they had been previously. So it was uh, it was live on Monday at nine o'clock. Um, if I on that week, they had um, it was free to sign up for that to watch that race on Dirt Vision. I'm not 100% sure yet if it's free for every week on this uh, series. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, that's the only way to watch this because uh, uh, I know they have the next week is scheduled on Dirt Vision as well. So this might be the only way to watch these guys. And uh, to give my personal opinion, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I missed the race. I, I, I was real busy Monday night. So even if I, if I didn't forget about it, 
I would have, I would, uh, I didn't have another chance to watch it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't like that they did that. I think it's uh, at least if they want to do it on Dirt Vision, I understand that's fine. But at least make a, like a replay available on maybe YouTube or some or some other way where you can watch it if you missed it. But uh, I, I think that uh, you know iRacing needs to make their content more readily available, not more exclusive. Yeah, I don't know if the replay you missing think. kind of threw me off too. Yeah, no, no way to watch a replay or anything. Um, I, I looked all over for it, trying to find it. You know, I got the I got the results and everything easily enough just by going through, you know, driver searching Alex Bergeron and finding out and getting the results that way. But, you know, it, it wasn't easy to find. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that's the right way to go. I don't know if they have some exclusive arrangement with Dirt Vision to do that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't like it. And another thing that kind of caught me off, off guard was uh, – this series usually ran in the spring. This didn't run at the, you know, in late fall, like it's starting this year. So uh, it snuck up on me a little quicker than I was uh, ready for as well. It's kind of odd. Trying to get it over with in the off season, so to speak. It's kind of odd that they would hide it behind, you know, a paywall because, you know, no offense, you want to lose people's interest real quick start hiding it behind things like this where we can't even find it to the first place right like it's if it's hard to find in the first place you're not going to watch it but then when you get to it and you find out it's what forty dollars a month or whatever it is for this pass uh, on dirt vision i mean i hope this isn't a sign of things to come in general i mean obviously the coke series that we follow a lot it's done on you know on iRacing's channel, but it also is covered on NBC. Um, I just, I'm afraid that, you know, this is something in a series that doesn't have that much viewership. I know it's a big series, but you know, a big footprint, you want to get it out to as many people as you want. Right. Well, let me be devil advocate here. Um, Dirt vision, you know, rate runs a lot of real dirt races and they have an audience built in and, I'm sure their audience will embrace the sim dirt racing. And so I think it's a good thing on that side because you're exposing the product to some new fans that might not be aware of it that will actually like it. But like you said, we got to find a a happy medium. There's got to be a replay on YouTube. So, you know, other fans can watch it that don't want to pay the 40 bucks, you know. I, I get that the you know I was kind of ignorant obviously to, that this was to something else on you know obviously the, all these other events that they pass but so people that already have the hot pass have access to the iRacing part of it but it just seems it just seems like the iRacing um, portion of it this that they're trying to get into this part because it has this pass um, I just don't know how well that'll be received from a lot of uh, the fans that we have for watching this stuff. Cause it's, it's a pretty exciting thing to watch. Yep. Now, hopefully like yeah. Brian said, it'll be free. Uh, we'll have to see what happens next Monday. Right. And, and, and to not even have it available afterwards as a replay or anything was kind of, kind of disappointing as well. I thought maybe I could get, catch it on a replay somehow, but there's just no way that I saw it. To, to watch that thing and you know uh i, I planned on um you know doing a, a full rundown of the race like i would like i did last year with the uh late models late models of world outlaws but you know 
if I can't watch the race, I can't really do that with good conscience. <laughs> so yeah, it was Alex Berger on. We saw on his Facebook page. Uh, he said Alex started third the feature uh, after an incredible heat run to recover from the qualifying effort. Slowly dropped to seventh, but charged back late to score his third straight season opener victory at Volusia. Still getting it done like every year. Well, somebody else who's hoping to get it done in the Pro Series this year is Ashton Crowder. I think we've had him on before, um, and he he was running Coke for a while and uh, dropped out at some point. He has joined Elliott Sadler Esports, and I was just talking with one of the members of that. I'm in a group chat with some of them, Um, and he said, uh, I just said, you guys uh, stacked enough already? And he said, no, never, never. So, yeah, uh, Ashton will definitely be just another powerhouse along with Garrett and Vicente over there. Does that sponsorship he has on it, that's not the sponsorship he's had all season, has it been? I, I can't remember. No, he didn't run that in Coke. It was No. So that's something that maybe he's got something through Elliot. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, he's going to make a run at the Pro, and he's with some, like you said, a real stout crew. Um, you know, with those Garrett Mains and uh, Vicente, man, and and Elliot, of course, and everybody else, Michael Jeans. Those guys are the aliens, man. I, I just like the, you know, I'm just flipping through here, showing some of these pic, uh, the pictures that they were took. Man, they're really, it's a really nice done done up car, and obviously it's on the Ford here, um, but it looks really good. And uh, you know, I wish them good luck this season. Uh, I would like to see Elliot and get a bunch of their team into the uh, Coke series because Elliot's been such a good ambassador for this as well since he's come on board. It makes you wonder how the Coke series works that way. I mean, because he's not currently a Coke team or a Coke, you know, as they say, you know, is it like chartered, you know, kind of like NASCAR is? It's fascinating. Don't they have one spot open right now because of Kyle Larson? That's right, Kyle Larson Esports left, so there is an open slot. It might work out perfect. Well, I mean, everybody has to relegate in and out, so it's not... uh, We've had a a discussion going about this on whether, you know, if the relegation part of it will stay in, uh, because that means new teams can get in and and the big teams aren't necessarily always guaranteed to stay in. The driver still has to get the results. Because it'd be odd if he got in, one one of his guys got in or a couple of his guys got in, so like say even two of their guys got in, then, you know, do they, you know, if he doesn't get a charter in the Coke series, does he, um, does he still have it? Like, you know how a lot of these guys have background teams that they work with. Obviously he'll still work with Elliot Sadler esports, but, um, how does that work? Like that, it's kind of an odd situation if that happens. Well, he is the background team. I mean, Elliot esports is a background team as you call it that. No, but I mean, they get all of a sudden say, say he comes into the, the league and there is no one of two of his drivers get come in and there's no spot for Elliot to take a charter. Say he gets drafted by, say, William Byron or something switches their t- who he's got driving for him. Well, then that is, you know, he's William Byron Motorsports with Elliot Sadler. Right. Like, I, I know what you're saying. It's, it could be awkward. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of drivers are have their own separate teams other than the ones that are with in the Coke series. Maybe it would just work kind of like that. I would like to see the teams morph into what is Elliot has put together here. 
which is let's have the background teams be the teams. I mean, that's the way it used to be, you know, before we brought in all these NASCAR teams, you know, the Roush Fenway and the Richmond Esports and, you know, which aren't really sim teams and they just are on face. Well, those were, it was almost like more like a marketing deal when they came in. It, all of those owners, I think, just contributed to the prize money last year. And as a result, got to put their name on a team that was already existing. Uh, and But then everything went free agency now. So that's kind of how it's working. It's going to be who, who are you going to sign with and what, what kind of help can they give you? So, I mean, it's interesting. What what gives you the most benefit having the support of, of of a big name or having the crew chief who can really help you get that uh, car get that last hundredth out of that car i mean you look at what dick was just telling us about how much william byron has you know given to him this year you know working together in in april and march during the the pro invitational I'm sure, you know, Nick picked up a ton, you know, by disabsorbing from, you know, a real cup driver like William. And in, in that case, isn't William also a real, a, a pretty active sim racer? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure even over the next couple of months here, you're going to see a lot of those guys become active again in here uh, just in the off season. But it, the only th- the only reason I, 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 th- I thought of this background thing, too, is because of... Uh, wasn't it VRS? The guys are from VRS before VRS was their own like full team. Um, Alfala was w- with uh, Route or w- what team was Alfala? Whatever team Alfala was on a couple of years ago. So with Wood, he still yeah. Sorry, with Wood Brothers, he still worked with VRS in the background. That's so that's basically what we're trying to say and working in the background. All right. Oh look, more beta UI stuff, Mike. Is this uh, anything? Big here on the uh, the beta UI today, I guess not much. Uh, just seems to be a lot of track maps being um, added to to visually to be a visual on the actual UI. Um, and I guess there's also resolved an issue with up next advanced filter uh, that they fixed. So it's a quick beta UI fix, and uh, yeah, just another another thing that they keep doing with the beta UI each week. Make it better. Yeah, this was kind of odd because it said uh, that this deployment needed zero downtime. So it didn't even really need an update, right? I bet you what it is is they add it into the interface, and as soon as you load in, it loads it, right? So it loads the new stuff, it yeah. It loads whatever the new thing is. I guess it was just so small they could do it that way because they typically don't, don't do them that way. Tony, are you going back into the booth? Oh, not just me. All the boys, all the Aftermath boys, we're back uh, this Saturday uh, calling for the ladies of iRacing. I guess we can call it round two at, um, boy, oh boy, at Charlotte. Do another 50 laps. Um, And uh, from what I hear, they've, uh, I think they've, if not doubled, a little bit more than doubled their numbers uh, for this race. I think they're expecting... uh, about 20, 20 ladies coming out uh, Saturday. I was about to say tomorrow, but we're not quite there yet. A little ahead of myself. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go back at it. This could be an interesting one. I hear rumors that uh, there's uh, a few ladies. This will be the first time uh, stepping into the sim. So um, that's good on them. I know they're always looking for uh, more new ladies coming out, 
and it's really cool to see them uh, uh, taking advantage of that, jumping in with this uh, this group that fully welcomes beginners. And you know, they're, we had a great time uh, last month when we did this, and I don't think we stunk up the show too much. So hopefully we can continue that trend uh, this Saturday. We're you know, the three of us. We're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Uh, they will be broadcasting uh, live on YouTube. Just search up. I think you can find it through Ladies of iRacing. Not, you can definitely find it through the OBRL channels. Oh, yeah, I'll be watching. It was fun to watch last time. I'm hoping for some more competition. I think when I was watching, there was just two cars that were going at it, really. And so I'm hoping for more than two in one place. So come on, ladies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know uh, Lisa, She's uh, she would have been up there mixing it up i know she last last race she got taken out early and well this week coming up she's not gonna be there because she's baking all weekend so uh my belly says yes uh but we'll definitely miss her out on the track but i'm pretty confident they're gonna be able to put on a put on a good show and uh yeah get that front pack uh, a little beefed up and and get get racy up there it'll be good now i know um listening to uh you know dale earnhardt uh talk about how they prepare for the booth what have you done this week to uh to get yourself ready to uh to do some research on the girls uh you gonna you guys gonna all prepare you're just gonna wing it um well i would love to say that i've been putting the nose to the grindstone but that's just not the aftermath way um we'll make sure we have all the information and um i've been uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. It's the aftermath way. We're going to wing it. We're going to go in there and, and just call the race. And Come on. You need um, to have pages and pages of stats like Larry McReynolds and your yellow notepad and your pen. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe when we get it, maybe when they get a few more races under the belt and we have something, some kind of stats to, to recall, um, maybe we'll, we'll go that route there. But yellow legal pads, I don't know if we even... I don't even know if you can get those anymore. Pens are are becoming extinct. Um, so we're just going to have to call what we see. Okay, well, looking forward to that. Um, next story is just a picture of me with uh, Evan Pasoko. I just wanted to say thank you to him again for coming on our show uh, all throughout the season. It, it really added a, a neat flavor to be able to do a race review on the Coke series. Um, and looking forward to maybe doing it again next year, you know, if he's willing. And, uh, I was out at the track. I had a friend who had some tickets and he hooked me up. And so I was out all three days and, uh, I did see, uh, ran into Evan right after the race, uh, as Chase was doing their donuts and stuff. And we uh, hung out and chat for a while and, uh, he's a pretty cool guy. So, uh, again, thanks to him. And then Brian, um, we got a tidbit on dirt road. Yeah, it looks like, uh, the dirt road is going to be getting some more love coming up because um, Greg Hill posted in the forums that, that iRacing has a couple of rally cross, cross uh, courses proceeding through the testing phase, as well as a real world location build upon existing content, which I'm assuming is like when they add a, a dirt course to an existing track. I'm assuming that's what he means. Like um, a dirt track at Phoenix Oval or something like that. 
That's what I'm assuming that means. Um, but I think the other two are actually uh, standalones from what I could read. Um, and also they have their next pro truck uh, track as a drivable test, and they've been tested on it, and they said it's a blast to drive. So, uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to be getting some, uh, some dirt stuff coming up. So that, that's good for all the fans of dirt tracks and uh, the rally cars and dirts. Woohoo! Yeah, it's needed. I mean, there's so few tracks that you know you just don't want to commit to it. But boy, if they had six or seven or eight of them, I mean, that's almost enough. They need to have like a twelve. You know, they need to get up to twelve different configurations or something so they could have a full series that doesn't duplicate, right? Yeah, whole season, right? Well, Bristol Dirt's on its way, right? There you go. Um, could you? One of the things I thought was sorry, Greg. Go ahead. No, I was going to go ahead, Brian. I, I was going to say one of the uh, things I thought was interesting in Greg's post is that um, he says that he's happy to share that we have a couple of RX tracks that are already past the quote, is it fun playtesting phase, which is a phase that often eliminates three quarters of our ideas. Because that's the first time I heard that that's kind of how they, how they uh, do some of their, uh, do their testing and find out what tracks they want to uh, proceed with. You know, that the, somebody builds you know, it, they test it, yeah. and they say, This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time I heard that that's how they, they do some of their testing. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that's the the dirt tracks like that, which are not like staples like the NASCAR tracks where they have to be on the sim to complete a season and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's pretty interesting uh, how, how he phrased that. I thought, Well, it would be probably the same process that even when NASCAR came to uh, them to try and build the track for you know california right so right it's it's you know you, you gotta put pencil or you gotta put an idea down and um what i was gonna say there before uh when i was thinking when david said bristol i said could you imagine if they created a dirt track out of bristol because they got the uh the ramp that goes up on top of the garage does that mean you get to jump off the garage but uh no anyways i it would be i would think for something obviously um you would have this first especially this series you'd have to have that like they're saying the fun factor you know trying different jumps or things in in different corners and stuff like that would be the thing here you would need if it was like a a track like Watkins Glen or or Sonoma or any oval series tracks that are real life tracks you don't really the fun factor is not based on that it's based on just being accurate right well, we want to race what the real people race, right? The real, uh, the real guys in the real cars. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, the track's going to be the track there if it's laser scanned. This is there where they're using their imagination to come up with something, right? Right. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. All right. So next topic, we're bringing this up every week just to remind everybody. So the Black Friday sale, uh, sale is still going on. Um, it uh, still lets you get uh, 25% off of 12 or 24 month renewals. So instead of it being $110, it's $82.50 for 12 months. And instead of $199, it's $149.25 for two years. Uh, this goes on, uh, when's the uh, expiry date on it? It's December 3rd. December 3rd, yeah. And. Uh, it also, uh, if you have anybody that you know, for anybody that um, wants to get into iRacing. Oh, you mean second a, account, right? 
or a second account, or if you uh, know somebody you want to get into iRacing, new membership is 50% off. Uh, so you can save 50% on the normal rate. And just to reiterate, we talked about this last week. Um, if you if you um, if you ex- don't expire until the middle of the year, that gets tacked on to the end of that. It's not concurrent with when you start your um, when you buy this uh, special on Black Friday. Yeah, stack them up. They all add up. The uh, next topic we have is a request for a possible new series is talking about the trans am series trans am was actually down in uh coda down in texas this weekend um in fact one of the uh, drivers we've talked about in the past that's played around a little bit in iRacing as well and has been running trucks natty decker actually brought home a p1 in an audi at this track i heard that um and she she had a video out on it. Uh, I haven't taken the time to watch it yet, uh, but that's that's pretty cool. I don't know much about the track except that the Audi. You know, we have that in in GT three already, so I don't know how different the Audi is in in the Trans Am series. It'd be it'll be neat to learn. But we got a guy posting about it, talking about there's some similarities between them and the and the uh, NASCAR cars as far as engine power and modeling. Uh, and several other guys replying about it. Haven't heard anything from the staff yet, but it's a good idea for another recommendation for new content. I'm sure they're always looking around. Where's Bobby today for when you need him? Because Bobby would be the expert on the Trans Am series with this stuff. I know he said in the past um, when I've talked to him that the Trans Am probably wouldn't come in just because of the way that their rights, I guess, or something for their cars. Don't quote me on that, but... Um, they're in our factor big time. Apparently. Yeah, I just don't know. Uh, I know Bobby and I, I've been pushing for it. I really like Trans Am series. I would, I would definitely love to have another road series with a big, heavier car with high horsepower. I'm, I always love those type of uh, races. Um, well, Bobby either works for or has a, at least has a friend that actually runs in the series. Yes, yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he would be on our team here. He'd be the best to know more about what would be a good idea for this but you know i'm all down for any any content that they can think of coming to this it's you know I, especially another another road series that's maybe not an open wheel series and maybe not adding to imsa or lamog just creating another kind of i don't know just another tier race would be an interesting to have this in there so it was a poll for voting would you want to see the Trans Am brought to iRacing? 80% voted yes, uh, 20% no. Well, why would you vote no? I guess you mean you want something else to be focused on. That would be the only reason to vote no, to object to any new content. Well, if you look down in the thread, I was kind of looking for people that voted no and see what they said why, but no, it doesn't appear that any of the no voters posted. So it's probably either it's probably some of a person who absolutely hates road or just doesn't think they should spend the time on it. Could be just anybody that just wants their discipline to have something right instead of road. So, you know, we got four different disciplines, maybe five different disciplines, and just depends on what you want. Right. So if what you want is a budget, will Mike might be able to tell us a little bit about that. Well, hey, how about we uh, talk about the e-nascar pro series coming up i did it again didn't i yes sir you did that's okay we got you covered just making Um, sure he's awake (laughs) yeah Uh, just for the for the listeners uh, um i'm i look ahead to make sure i'm ready for my next topic and then i forget to go all the way back up 
Anyways, uh, Podium Esports announced on Twitter that they'll be broadcasting the iRacing Pro Series in its entirety, starting with the season opener that's happening uh, next Tuesday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And they will be racing at Daytona. And I believe these guys did this last year, did they not? Yeah, Podium yeah. had every year since they've done it, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. They they do a pretty good job. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Taylor Burris is up in the booth there? Is he not? I don't know who's in the booth this year. I, I know for sure Justin Prince is in there. I saw a tweet from him, but I haven't confirmed who else is in the booth. Okay. Well, <clears throat> any which way, they those guys put on a good show. I remember watching. I didn't catch the whole thing, but I caught a few races last year, so. I'll, I'll be tuning in to see what uh, if they brought anything new this year and definitely to, to check out the racing to see who's going to help fill out the uh, field for the Coca-Cola series next year. Yeah, my goal is to try to watch this on Tuesdays and try to take notes and kind of do a race review. We'll see if we can get Taylor Burris or maybe Justin Prince or somebody to come on. Um, so I'm kind of working that out still. I'm looking forward to the series this this year particularly because in the past, you know, they've just been names. This is the first time where I really kind of sort of personally know some of the drivers in this series and have been been on the track with them for so much time. It's asked for by them. Pretty much. But, you know, uh, whatever. It it makes it a little bit easier to be a fan of how good they are. Uh, It's it's awesome when you can, you know, you know what it's like to race against them. So it's, you know – why not uh you know you got we're kind of creating relationships where we can have we're kind of a fan of of these guys even though they're competitors on the track sometimes when some of the races were in but you know you know we develop relationships and want to be a fan with of them um the other thing is is they're in the best probably the best car to race in that i believe the xfinity cars is the better oval cars to race with uh in the sim too so it'll be a great racing you know, there's people who say the same thing about the actual real life cars and some of the some of our uh, real life po- podcast colleagues that the nationwide has the best package for racing period right now. Xfinity. Xfinity. Bush. Oh. <laughs> he he jumped back to that time. Grand National. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're looking yeah. forward to the pro series. I think uh, we'll be talking about it for sure. Uh, next up is a article that came out literally a few hours ago at cnet.com and uh it's called the best racing wheel and pedals for iRacing and your budget and it says before you dive into the wild world of sim racing you're going to need a wheel and pedals skip the cross shopping and check out these favorites and so they cover five different wheels here um and and he kind of gives them a title. And so I'll go through them. So Logitech G920, he said, is the best Xbox, com- Xbox compatible wheel. The Logitech G29, the best PS4 compatible wheel. Honorable mention, the Thrustmaster T300. Uh, PC wheel upgrade, uh, the Fanatec Club Sport wheelbase 2.5. And the title Ultimate Wheelbase, the Fanatec Podium DD1. How about that? Just a basic. Seems, seems about right. Those are, we've talked about all those, and that's what most of us, the direction most of us have gone. 
Yeah, I would say those are certainly the most popular throughout the, you know, you know, like the entry or entry level or slightly above entry level. And then, yeah, like a mid tier and mo- getting, you know, a little bit more of the top end. I'd say those are the most popular ones for sure. So basically they're, you're, they're giving you wheels that you buy from off the shelf. Like if you're going to, you can still get some of the older stuff if you try and, um, you know, buy off used sites and things like that. But the way the tiers goes up, it, it's basically, um, it's basically that way. Like these are good choices, uh, depending on where you want to go and, and where you want to start. Like, um, either you're not going to go wrong with any of these five choices to start off with. He does mention though, that the pedals is a more important purchase at the beginning. And it, he has those, the, the V3s up there, right there on the article. That's what I got first before I got the wheel. And it did make a huge difference early on. Now I believe, uh, Maybe not between all us podcast guys, but throughout our whole team, we we all own at least one of these different types of wheels that they've mentioned. Correct? Yeah. Who has the Thrustmaster? Chris, Chris does, I think. Yeah, okay. Chris is rocking that Thrustmaster. Got a new rim coming though, so yeah. Uh, oh, it's there. It's on. He's used it. All right. Yeah. And David and just rolling. got uh, David Flowers just got him a a uh, two point five. That was the route he went. Yeah, he just donated a bunch of money to uh, Fanatec for his stuff. It, he had a nice photo from the team here uh, showing all the stuff that arrived the other day. I helped him pick out what he wanted. I couldn't convince him to wait a couple more we- uh, weeks to the to the uh, Black Friday sale. I hope it doesn't come to back to bite him in the butt. But the rest of this stuff, um, the rest of this stuff is you're you're not going to go wrong. The fan like you know. I know when I upgraded to my Fanatec uh, pedals, it was night and day. Um, so, you know, they're 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 bang on when they say pedals is the first thing. The wheel you can you can adapt yourself to. You're basically depending. You know, if you're an oval guy, pedals could be a little bit uh, hit or miss depending on what they do. But road pedals mean all the difference in the world. Yeah, between the wheel and the rig, I'm a little bit torn. Uh, because the wheel made a big difference, but so did when I finally got the rig because I wasn't dealing with the instability of my, my pedal positioning and was actually really able to put a lot of pressure on the brake pedal at that point without worrying about either my chair or the pedal sliding. Yeah, see, that's the biggest point there too, David, is 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 when you go to push, you know, they, you know, if you're sitting in a chair at a desk and you push down on those pedals, yeah, it's got grippy feet, but there is there is that little bit it'll move and it's like, you know, unless you got it up against a wall or something like that. Um, but a rig can really help you, um, you know, where your flaws can be. If you have something, if you have a solid base to start with. Yeah. I, that's what I told David flowers when I saw his rig, Hey, you got to get the wheels off of that chair or like, uh, do like Tony does and put the wheel in the, um, uh, in a, in a shoe or something so it doesn't move. you got to stabilize that chair. Those are sponsored Crocs, are they not, Tony? 100%. <laughs> All right, well, happy to have David Flowers uh, back in business with us. It's been a long time. He's one of the founding members of this, uh, of this team. Now let's get into podcast housekeeping notes. Uh, don't forget we have show notes in the description of every podcast. There's a link. It's uh, Google Sheets, a PDF, actually, um, and you can pull it up and pull up the links. 
If you want to send us links for story ideas, iRacersLounge at gmail.com. We're on the Performance Motorsports Network. Also, Mike, uh, I guess we can tell them now, too. They can also follow us along every week now, I guess, on uh, live and see us react and the way we interact with each other through iRacers, uh, twitch.tv slash iRacersLounge podcast. Um, and we're going to keep going from there from this point on with uh, the broadcast that way. And if you're a barbershop and you want to sponsor us, you're, you're probably looking in the wrong place. Or Turtle Wax. That'll be the better one, right? We, we agreed on that last week. Yeah, so we all got cameras on our faces now, and that's going to be on the video uh, stream uh, during recording. Yeah, check it out. And with that, uh, fan- oh, fantasy's over. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. This is just going to be a blank spot. We're just going to have to stare at the camera for, you know, two to three minutes while this would be going on. But we're done. We're over. The last race has happened, and nobody could catch me. I ran away with it. Ooh. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. I, I I took about just a little over 100 points, and I was able to keep that 100 points pretty much throughout the, the playoffs. I, I think there was a couple times where I got um, – a little smaller than that, but that that was pretty much the the cushion that I had. Uh, Res Dog, he 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 tried so hard. Um, he made a good run at it. Justin Time was strong, strong, but fell uh, fell down throughout throughout the playoffs. Um, oh, that was a fun year. Um, <laughs> it was, takes quite a bit to uh, you know to make sure to get your picks in every week and. Um, I don't think I missed one week this week, and I think that's what helped me uh, stay in that, you know, get to and stay in that number one spot. It's not not missing. Um, I, I did did have a couple of really good days where I, I absolutely nailed the, uh, you know, the extra points. Those are definitely uh, super important to get to too. But um, this is a lot of fun. I think the key, Tony, was when there was two races a week, you were all over that, and some of us missed out on that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I jumped all over that, took full advantage, um, and that would definitely be, you know, hard to to keep up with, you know, when you're used to, you know, it's, you know, it's every Sunday night, and then the occasional Saturday just kind of sprinkled in, so when you start getting, like, Wednesdays and whatever other days that they were throwing in there, um, yeah, the... The schedule was definitely uh, super goofy. That's just obvious. But, um, yeah, I'm sure that played a lot into to where I'm sitting this year. The, the big takeaway, though, is, um, you know, when we first started, I think we had 12 or, or 15, uh, you know, people signed up. And – I really wanted to, I wanted to, you know, see more numbers. I was like, okay, let's, let's double this. Like, let's get up over 30. I said, if we you know, get up over 30, um, we'll figure out some kind of prizing to, uh, to go along with that. Now, um, you know, gonna wanted to do the trophy and, uh, well, we'll hold that over till next year. Cause since I, I won it this year, I'm not going to buy myself a trophy. But uh, that is definitely going to be uh, a thing going forward. And uh, but we we hit it. We had thirty six people follow along, um, and we had thirty of them stay pretty active throughout the whole regular season. And then 
Uh, we lost about half of them come the playoff time. But uh, nonetheless, we still have uh, a couple of prizes. I got a couple of shirts that I'm going to give away. And since we have the video, I actually want to do it right now uh, live and see if this will see if this will work. Ta ta ta! Drum roll! Can you edit in a drum roll here, David? Or I can so, just go. Brrr. For the top fifteen guys that you know stayed in it, stayed with us through the whole season, I'm going to give them, um, you know, the the first roll. They'll get the. Then we'll we'll sprinkle in the other ones. Uh, on the on the second roll now sorry guys greg and um all, all the team members i kicked you out of this drawing want to give this part of it yeah i want to give this to the fans so actually i am just gonna if you make my face bigger i will go this route and there does that work that way i think he, he'll have to add it on to uh onto the stream and i saw it's got all the cameras jacked up in the wrong place too now <laughs> did i mess just, it up that's okay i didn't know you were doing it i'll have to fix it later and then it'll have to be something we add into the podcast this, our 1.1 version of our beta version of the podcast yeah well we didn't test this out i actually I just saw this come up and like hey maybe we can try and see if it works but well what did work was we've got our first winner, and that's Carrie Seal. But we'll post this up on our social media. Um, obviously, I don't know who you are, so you're going to have to get a hold of us. Um, you know, we need uh, a T-shirt size and an address, and just uh, you know, email us iRacersLoungePodcast at gmail.com or just message us on Facebook, and we can get that out to you. And here's the rest of them. <laughs> number two, ResDog. Congratulations. You got yourself a t-shirt. Uh, same thing. Get a hold of us. Need your address and your t-shirt size, and we'll get those sent out to you uh, right away. Congratulations, and thanks to everybody that played along. And uh, hopefully you're um, in for it again next year. I got some, I got some plans, and hopefully they can uh, come to fruition. Nonetheless, we'll, we'll have another good year, a lot of fun. All right, so we're good on the T-shirts. Uh, that's pretty cool of you to put those together. Okay, and so with that, we're going to hardware software. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Brian, the Ryzen 5000 reviews. Yeah, guys, so with all this new hardware that's been coming out for the computers, uh, some guys are doing some tests and uh, posting the results. This one comes from Luke Turner. He uh, posted on the forums the results of his CPU upgrade when he went from an Intel i5-9600K to a new AMD Ryzen 8300K. And uh, he concluded from some limited testing, he hasn't done a whole lot, that he did get a nice little bump. Uh, probably not enough to warrant, he, he says, eBaying his current rig and switching to AMD. But, uh, but nowhere near the bump that he got when he moved his graphics card from a 2080 Super to a 3080. So he got a lot better performance bump when he increased when he bumped up his uh, graphics card than when he did his uh, processor. So, so uh, he basically got a massive boost from his video card update, but uh, just a more of a modest boost from his uh, CPU upgrade. 
Yeah, but if you're if you're buying a or building a new system, I really think you have to pick AMD at this moment. I mean, um, I don't see any reasons not to. It's cheaper. The performance is better than the or equal to the Intel. So the balls in Intel's court. I mean, what are they going to do next? Are they going to come out with something? I mean, if you look at what Apple just announced this week for their MacBooks um, with their five nanometer chip, I mean, that's just insane. I think these are seven nanometers, and now Apple has a five. We're reaching the edge of how small that can get. Right. I mean, the end of physics, right? <laughs> yeah, there's this thing called the uncertainty principle, and it's, it's, it's going to start getting in the way. Uh, one thing that's not uncertain, though, is that Sim Experience would like to hire someone. They're looking for a skillful uh, product designer, enge- an engineer to join their team. They're going to be de- you're going to be designing electromechanical products from the ground up to bring to market. Uh, that includes things like designing the prototype uh, from scratch. Uh, to get approval for production, you're going to have to do things like obtain the quote for the prototype, all, all the business side stuff of the engineering as well uh, as, as the actual just art artistry of it. So there's a lot more information on the notes if you'd like to look at it, including a link uh, to the guy who posted this. I mean, what a company to work for as a product design engineer. I mean, because they have some very innovative products in the pa- in their past. I mean, if you look at their their sim experience rig uh, for one they're they're one of the first motion rigs out there they've been around for a long time but their g-seat with the flat you know hydraulic flaps and now that seat belt tensioning system i mean um yeah so it looks like they're you know looking to invest in their future hire some good help to uh, design that next sim product i mean what's next guys that they haven't thought of uh we kind of saw frex was working on that head uh, movement thing, uh, but boy, I can't. I don't know what else there is to do. Well, if you like designing rigs, this is, and you like racing, this might be your dream job. And you can do this and still become a coke driver, and not have to give it up like Chandler did. Christian Challenger, yeah, he went to iRacing staff. He was on the coke uh, team. So the next product we're looking at here, uh, Scorpion actuators. Uh, I guess it was reviewed. By our favorite reviewer Barry Rowland, um, he posted a review on uh, YouTube um, for these monster actuators. I guess that they're called um, capacity of fifty kilograms uh, to create a smooth ride. Um, Mike, I don't know if you've watched this video. I haven't got a chance to go all the way through it. Um, did he have? Uh, what did he think of it? Do you know? I didn't actually get through this one, um, but. Boy, I did look at their website that he does link to at the bo- underneath the video. And uh, pt-actuator.com is the website. And, man, it is it's such a pretty-looking thing with the way the D-Box-style motion you can hook to, you know, all these different rigs. And, you know, I, I haven't even seen the price, but you know what happens when you start looking for a price. Well, I'm I'm guessing these are, like, they're obviously calling these a heavy duty. Um, they're more of a heavy duty actuator. So you're right. The price is probably through the roof. Now, Brian, I was hoping you saw the video, but how do these compare to what you got going? 
Um, I actually I did watch a portion of the video, and uh, just just to correct a couple of things, Greg. Sorry, but um, the the uh, monster actuator was the old style of actuator that PT actuator system used to use. The Scorpion is replacing the monster actuator, okay. and um, so yeah, so it's um they basically keep kept the same motor, um, but the internal parts of that actuator have been redesigned, and uh, so they actually uh, the fifty kilograms they can lift more than what they used to lift with the monsters, so uh, it's a heavier duty, stronger, and uh, it was smoother when Barry was testing it. So uh, it was a uh, so he was pretty impressed with the Scorpion upgrade on those uh, PG actuators. Yeah, and I, I'm looking on the website for pricing. I don't see it. It does say to contact them. Uh, but, yeah, it's one of those kind of things. And uh, he was testing with a six-degree of freedom rig, so it had the uh, the, the uh, slip angle uh, as well as the, uh, the four actuators to lift and lower the platform. So uh, it, it's a pretty nice system that what he had there. I just love that there's so many different options for this kind of product. Um you know, there's the option that you went with, Brian. You can go full-on D-Box and give up all your money. Uh, you could, you know, look at some other alternatives like this, you know, the Scorpion. Um, so there's lots of different options. I guess we're looking at a special combo from Sim Racing Bay. Uh, this is Across the Pond or SimuCube 2 Pro Limited Offer uh, going on right now. Um I guess you're uh, looking at a package. It's the uh, the Pro with two uh, X PSU plus the wireless wheel solution. And uh, what are we at? Fourteen seventy nine to fourteen ninety nine euros. That's a good price. I mean, for the Pro SC two and the wheel and the stop button and the, everything you need. Uh, quick release, the whole nine yards. I was going to say, most of the time you see Simu Cubes, uh, they don't offer the wheel with it very often, do they? Right. It's, you just buy the base separately, then you got to figure out the wheel separately. And uh, if I recall the base being around this price alone, and now it, it, this comes with a wheel and everything. Looks like a decent wheel to start with, too. It's a really nice uh, flat bottom wheel. So check that out if you're in the market um, and you're in the Europe area uh next up i saw this on um facebook one of the uh, sim racing groups over there and this guy uh arginus lopez posted up that he will help build your own hydraulic pedals for 250 dollars or less if you private message him he will share the parts list and he does show pictures of them and boy they look pretty bomb i mean they look like you know a good thousand dollar set of hydraulic pedals to me looks like he's piqued a bunch of people's interest too there's a lot of people saying that pm sent well tony you're our diy expert what do you think um definitely interested especially because this just falls right in my type of price range um and he actually shows pictures of some of the parts that he uses, uh, like our screenshots of Amazon of the different uh, things. Those look like the pedals from a, like the Logitech series, right? Yeah, those are Logitech pedal pieces, I think. Or the front end part? Yeah. This is an interesting concept uh, and a way to you know, give back to the community too, I guess is what he's doing, right? 
he's got it nailed down to a parts list. I mean, if he could just provide us the parts list, I mean, could I figure out how to build it? I don't know. Maybe. This actually, you probably could, Mike. It's It doesn't look too complicated, really. Um, mostly you get the pieces and just kind of fit them together, fill it with oil, and go. Is that uh, 80 20 pieces at the bottom there that it's sitting on? It looks like an 80 20 it's screwed into. Yeah, it's all it is all mounted on a, a small ant or 80 20 profile. That's, a that, one, oh. that's the hard part, I think, is not just getting the hydraulic stuff all hooked together with the hoses and different things and putting fluid in it, but how do you mount it all together where it actually works and you have something to push on, you know? So, looking at this too, so he's got um he's got two different it looks like two different spring types for the hydraulic spring and like for the brake spring and the the clutch spring to create a different force feel i guess there because they look different yeah i look at my hydraulic pedals and i'm fascinated about how they work because i really don't know you know mechanically how the thing really works but hey it works the other thing I would do is if if you're going to use the Logitech stuff, if you got if you've gone to the point where you've gotten these pedals to this point, uh, if you're using the old Logitech, you kind of want more uh, what do they call them bits or whatever that uh, degrees of um, uh, 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 degree of what, rotation. Well, whatever uh, resolution basically resolution. That's what it was. That's where I was looking. Resolution of it. You'd want a little bit more if you're going to use these because the Logitech were. Uh, I'm not sure about the newer series Logitechs. I just know the older ones, they don't have very much resolution compared to, say, a Logitech or a, a Fanatech set of base uh, uh, non hydraulic pedals. Well, the resolution is going to be based on what kind of sensor is in there, not, not what kind of faceplate is on there. Is it the, uh, was it the Bernard uh, Bandard cable or whatever it's called? Um, doesn't that change the resolution in the Logitechs? I think it's that i can't remember the name totally a leo bodner there you go leo bodner thank you tony well check this out and maybe we can talk tony into doing this as a project yeah maybe i mean um i kind of got my heart set on ripping my pedals apart and inverting them but i gotta figure out how to um support them properly with my rig so well, but I, I could be get swayed. these plans yeah get these plans and, and adapt it to an inverted pedal as well I just bolt it on, bolt on that hydraulic part. Is that two hundred fifty dollars American? Then I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Tony, you're looking at like ten grand Canadian. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> My bad. My bad. All right. Well, I'll take a, it's take a second not, mortgage out. Kind of not a do yourself then. <laughs> well, maybe if I can source these parts from China, I might be able to get a deal that way. Amazon.ca. Okay, Brian, we got some new goggles on the horizon here. Yeah, new uh, new company has entered the VR uh, field. Um, this one's called Deca Gear, um, and uh, they're a Singapore company. And um, they uh, announced that they're releasing a new headset with uh, a couple of new features in it that uh, you don't typically see in a headset. It's got the four um, four cameras that are facing outward to track your hands in VR, uh, which is uh, what most a lot of them are going with now. Um, but this one also has two cameras inside the uh, inside the mask, fa uh, pointed at your face, and it's supposedly. Um, 
can read uh, your your facial expressions, you know, and, uh, and project that to an avatar on the screen. So it's um, they they say that this might be geared a little bit more towards like a social media type of usage, but it does ha does have a a, a pretty high uh, resolution. It's like 4K per per eye. So, um, which is like as high as the HP uh, reverb. Um, so it's, uh, it's got a high FLV. Did yeah. you say social so, media? So this will be yeah. bought by Facebook in no time. Yeah, really. So, uh, yeah, so it's a it's a different type of headset. Uh, no, I haven't been able to. F I've seen some uh, some videos where they've been talking to the uh, company representatives, talking about the product, but uh, haven't seen any hands on hands-on stuff yet uh and if i'm correct the price was in a, a, under 500 dollars. 449 which, and it'll yeah, be so, available may of 2021 right uh, i saw one review characterize it as a suspiciously low price at, at 449 which which uh does sound uh kind of low for the kind of uh, numbers that they're claiming and uh the equipment that they're claiming to have so we'll have to keep an eye on it as a uh, as it comes closer to market and some reviewers get their hands on it, I'll, I'll be, I'll be looking for reviews on it and see how it holds up. They have a website, DECA.net. You can actually pay $10 to get a pre-order. <laughs> it says lock in your DECA gear for only $10 or join a wait list. And uh, then they'll let you know. So it's that time of the year again, where we're talking all kinds of black Friday deals. And here's one for you. Ace bundle. Trek is offering a Black Friday sale. They're taking 20% off of uh, all of their Ace Bundle cockpits. And you can go to their website. they got a lot of gear. It looks like it's standard 80-20 rigs. They also have monitor mounting, racing seats, and even some interesting uh, streaming equipment. You can get a mount for, for this stream deck, which I thought was interesting. A lot of other accessories on there. So this is a, looks like a good place to go. Uh, I'm assuming this is a U.S.-based company? Uh, no, Netherlands. Netherlands, okay. And uh, their 8020 uh, Ace Bundle is at 950 euros. And that's uh, only available from November 11th through December 4th. Uh, it includes the Trek Ace cockpit, a unified monitor mount, and the Sparco Grid Q with seat brackets, all at a huge discount price. Basically $100 off is what it looks like. 100 euros off but that's with the seat and the cockpits and the mount so not too bad for 950 yeah if the seats and the monitor mount is included that's pretty good because it's, right if you a good seat you're 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 looking two to two to five hundred i mean the sparko grid seat uh it details out at 342 euros just for the seat yeah that makes that a real good price in fact so there's one of your deals go check it out so Sim Magic uh, GT4 wheel uh, being shown here. Um, on it was posted on the forums uh, by Darren Ganeg Gangi. Ganji. Ganji. Sorry, Darren. Um, so he's just posting up the Sim Magic GT4 premium wheel. An image of it here. Um, it's a beautiful uh, carbon fiber faceplate. Um, so it's a 300, 300 millimeter diameter uh, carbon fiber shifters. It's got dual clutch or without clutch, uh, high quality silicone grips, um, eight RBG programmable buttons, two-way triggers, 
um, high quality screws for the USB plug. Um, so it's it's a really nice uh, rim that you can have here uh, from from uh, at or us.simmotion.com. Um, so it's uh, something else to check out. Um, what uh, what can this mount to? Does it say what things? It says in the first sentence that it'll work on any direct drive uh, force feedback system. Okay, there. Yeah. So so it's that's a pretty good uh, um, pretty good thing to get there. Five hundred forty-five dollars uh, at their website with the no clutch. And it if looks you like do you have dual to- clutch. It's five eighty-nine. And if you if you have a Sim Magic base, you can go wireless. Otherwise, you'll have to plug it in. It's not a bad wheel. Um, Sim Motion. I mean, we've always had some hesitation about them because they're from China, well, from Hong Kong, and their website and warranty, you know, kind of issues. But now that you have distributors like Darren Ganji, who's been in, around the business a long time. Um, you know, supporting these and other people. Uh, I think Jeff Ford is from Ford Entertainment is uh, selling these in the U.S. as well. It's only, uh, it's not really much more if you go for the dual clutch paddles for it. So it goes from 635 to 695 for those. So it's not too bad. Well, how about a trip to Italy? A little uh, company review, a mega sim. Now, I... <laughs> Trying to figure out if these guys actually sell these things or if it's just more like, uh, you know, you rent them, you know, take them to an event or uh, corporate deal or, you know, whatever the case. I think it's more or less leaning towards the latter from what I can tell. But yeah, that's, I don't think they're for sale. Um, yeah, some of the pages, it kind of alludes to like it would be for sale, except they don't have any pricing or anywhere to actually buy it. But uh yeah they they rent these out um they're uh it's a steel f- tube frame um three d o f uh um motions set up uh and let me stop you right there the three d o f is unusual we don't see that very often but this one has d box style on the tubular rig two in the front one in the back which is a little different i just wanted to point that out yeah, I thought that was um, quite odd because I don't know how, I don't know, that would quite, I think you're kind of doing yourself a disservice when, because um, Brian, you just built yourself a 4DOF, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I, th- I could see this, uh, this th- the three um, actuator system doing, um, so, you know, pitch and roll, you know, leaning forward and, and, and tilting back. Um, when it goes side to side, because it's triangular with the third one, it's going to kind of, if you roll to the side, it looks like it's going to roll you a little bit back into the left if, or back into the right because of the, the uh, geometry on that. But um, right. I, so um, I don't know how, how much that would affect the experience of it. But um, I think for the most part, you would get, you know some of the uh, some of the motion sensations. Uh, certainly, the pitch and pitch forward and the roll backwards should be okay. But I'm not sure how the roll the side to side would be affected by the single rear actuator. Yeah, I would have to think it would be less pronounced if you know 
It wouldn't but, roll. Yeah. It wouldn't roll as much. You'd think because it would no. only dive and it would just kind of like pitch forward, right? It dive down on that corner, but it wouldn't roll the back part over. No, I, I think you're right because on the four four actuators, you know, if you're pitching hard, rolling hard to the right, you know, the two left actuators are fully extended and the two on the right are fully compressed. So that gives you a hard lean to the right. And I don't think you'd be able to duplicate that with a, just a single one in the back. So like if you're going over a curb or something, it would lift the front. If you were doing it with a double or four, it would, it should pop both sides up if you're going over the curb. Whereas there, it would just pop one front up and it would kind of look, feel weird. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you I think it might, you might be onto something there. Yeah, I think you might be right. But anyways, you know, it's uh, if you're in Italy and you you want to rent some of these out, they're there. It's it's always good to have options, and maybe there's something that we're missing out of all this. So that that definitely could be. But well, everything uh, is in Italian. So <laughs> well, yeah. So there there might be something lost in translation. But yeah, the rigs are the rigs look nice. They got nice equipment, anyways. My thing is, yeah, the rigs are great and and everything. Why not just make it four DOF? Why stop at the three DOF? It would, I mean, it would be real easy for them to just put that fourth actuator on there, just a little bit of redesign, and and they got it. But yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. Next up, Simnut rig base. Uh, are offering a $50 promo code plus other bonus offers on their 8020 profile racing rigs. And they are at sim-nut.com. And uh, their basic 8020 rig without seat is $697, which is $50 off uh, with their promo code. It's normally $747. So, um, this is in U.S. I guess they're out of based out of the U.S. I'm not certain though. And what do you think? They also have a version with the triple monitor mount as well, and they look like their standard 8020 stuff. Uh, the one thing that looks a little different than maybe like a Sim Lab or some of the other 8020s is where there's sections where they join together. They seem to have multiple multiple bolts holding them down. Which it is looks a little different. Looks more like a rivets on a bridge. Right. There's so many of them. Maybe overkill, but maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe that's the their thing. I'd like to see it a little beefier on the bottom rails, the ones that sit on the floor. Um, uh, some of the other uh, eighty twenty systems we've seen, those those bottom rails are usually a little beefier looking, from what I can tell. Right. The standard is is a four wide profile, and that's two. Is it? I'm just looking through some of these setups here. Is it um, is it odd to sell a triple mount setup without the mounting plate and the hardware for the monitors? It's showing that they, it's not included in any of the ones that have the monitor mount. It sucks. You order it, and how do you hook your monitor to this thing? Now, if I buy a triple monitor mount, I want it to be ready to go. You know, where I can just bolt it on. I'm trying to see if you can find if that plate sold separately. Yeah, and they right. talk about their hinge assembly, which is what I was mentioning with all the different bolts I was seeing. It says the bracket and hinge assemblies were chosen to eliminate sagging sidearms, keeping your monitors perfectly aligned. The 180 degree hinges while, with handles will make it easier for you to set your monitors at the perfect angle in seconds. 
No need to loosen any of the bolts or T-nuts to set the angle of your monitors. So that's kind of a nice feature. Uh, if you look at the picture there, it shows there's a, a little a quick release where they can just unscrew it a little bit, uh, change the angle, and then lock it back down. So if you look at these guys, you might want to ask about what, what route you need to, do to uh, go for those mounts or make sure you order mounts as well. Hopefully that's something that you, that's easy to find and is not on back order everywhere. And they do do custom build consultations. Brian, is it windy in your neck of the woods? Uh, it can be sometimes, but uh, <laughs> so uh, next up we have a uh, review, another review by uh, Barry Roland with the uh, Sim Racing Garage, and he this time he's reviewing reviewing the Motion House wind generator. So um, Motion House uh, is a company he he did a video of a couple weeks ago that we talked about. He had a uh, four actuator uh, motion system built by Motion House. He was really impressed with the quality of those. And he said the same thing on this one. Everything is built very solid. Um, he tried it out and uh, he was concerned a little bit about the, 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 um, the sound of the fans, but he said after a while, he didn't really notice it at all. Um, it gives a, it gave a lot of a, it, it moved the air pretty quickly. So he was uh, pretty happy with that. And um, he, uh, this one does not, it's got two fans with this uh, motion house wind generator, um, but uh, they are not individually programmable. Like some of them you will see where you can uh, individually program the left side and right side. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's one, one, one thing about this motion house system that's, that's missing a little bit, but other than that, he was pretty happy with it. Now, Barry Roland has really long hair, you know, um, like an 80 hippie. Now. And we're, we're all jealous. You can right really now. see his uh, the wind blowing his hair when he's uh, trying out this uh, thing. And he did uh, write in here, "quote the most powerful wind solution I have tested to date." And I think he was actually testing that in the same video that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. Well, that's actually our last hardware uh, topic. We're going to go into uh, results next. Uh, but first, let's talk one more time, David, about the Eucora League and their 2020 Throwback Indie Series. Uh, first, tell us uh, what happened with the Pole Award and the championship. All right. Um, we have actually a longer version of this on the script, but we, def we definitely kind of trimmed it down a little bit. So here's your information. First of all, I'd like to thank Scott Bolster and the Eucora League for the invite to run with them. It was fun. And... Uh, we appreciate their sponsorship and the coverage that they brought us, and vice versa. Uh, Justin Kirby captured the iRushers Lounge pole, and he also took his first series win. Um, as And as well, Brian Beard came back from a slow season start to finish as the Season 2 champion. So we talked a little back when, in the episode when they came on about what that prize is going to be. It's basically a real ride. Um, also, Paul Jenkins, the previous champion, came in second, and Andy Yerk rounded out the podium. Then we have a word from the league owner. It, uh, the season was incredible. Relentlessly hard racing, outstanding storylines, not only for the championship, but for each and every race. Season 3 is poised to be one of the best IndyCar seasons that you're likely to come across. With it being the classic racing in the IR05, we give you one of the most unique and fun experiences that you'll find on iRacing. It's been a great league. I've 
uh, didn't start all the events. I just started some of them. But tried to stay out of the way of those guys running for points. Uh, but it was fun to run with them, and it was a good group. And David, I was telling you, what's unique about this league, Eucora, is Scott Bolster, the administrator. And he admins this league like no others. I mean, he really, he doesn't race in his own league. He actually sits up in the booth and and plays administrator. Um, so talk a little bit, David, about how it's a little different like that. Well, they have a... Uh they have a couple of rules like they actually caught you because you I think you missed the driver's meeting uh, in the Indy cars they want you to pit off turn three not go all the way around to turn four like like we often do in in uh, the cup cars is because they close so much faster and it's so much more important to be on that bottom line uh, so he, he actually caught you and gave you a drive through that's right, right? Um, so yeah, he's he's out there. He's out there live adminning. He reviews every caution, uh, and if you're if you are deemed to be the cause of two cautions, you also have to have to park it so you don't get a situation like we do in say the NIS where we're you know parading for in the entirely half of the race. So you really have a, a, an admin on there watching everything, and it, it's pretty handy. Yeah, it's pretty neat, and uh, they have a snowball. There's a snowball league they're running in the off season here that David, you and I both signed up for. It's the Radical uh, at ovals and some road courses. And they're gonna, it's a format that I actually love. We've done it before in one of our races where they're gonna have the damage turned off. Yeah, so that's gonna be a blast. Uh, I love the Radical and uh, can't wait to try that on an oval again. Yeah, it's a fun car. Yeah, thanks Scott uh, for everything at Eucora. Now let's get into our final results of NIS and finish up Phoenix. Friday open, Greg, you said hit everything. Yeah, we had a, uh, I was up front and at one point I got loose coming off the corner and someone spun me. It wasn't a real hard spin, but I guess it was enough to, um, enough to give me damage on the back of the car. The car wasn't the same. I mean, it was fast for that whole race. I, I drove from the back to the front and then the sec after I got spun there, I was on, I think I had 40 lap old tires uh, by the time the caution came out. And I just couldn't make my way through the field after that spin. And um, the damage was too much. And it got down to the green white checkers. And, you know, I had the P2 already from earlier on in the week. And I kind of just threw caution to the wind, trying to get further up and, and, and get into uh, you know, get a chance to get up to try and for a win, and it just it didn't work. Okay, and then uh, who else ran on uh, Friday night? I ran, but my information seemed to be from Martinsville, so I'll have to go back and check what happened. No, actually, that was the right information. So I, I recall it now. Um, it was pretty much a shit show. In fact, um, I ran the whole race down because of other people wrecking. Um, and we had a live mad ad man who kicked somebody for retaliating right in front of him, but ignored the other 10 people admonishing this guy, guy over this aggressive kid who was causing problems the whole race. He had literally six or seven people mad at him. And a guy who's a really clean racer had just had enough and just came up and, and ran him over. Uh, several of us actually put in the protest. Um, and it's, it's, it presents a problem that the NIS... We will probably get into this in our end of the year show, but the X system alone and the process system, unless they start doing something about people like this, 
it if they don't it's just going to continue to be a a, a caution fest because this guy was just running people over and running people over and then when somebody decided to police it then and there they're the ones who got booted even though he was basically responsible for six wrecks in one race wow so hopefully the protest system will work there uh yeah i didn't run friday because i was at the racetrack um sunday open david you got p19 top split yeah, I had a good car and got caught in another wreck in front of me and spent the rest of the race just down on horsepower. I was running, I, I had made it up to about 13th or 12th, but we had, as we started getting to, into the late runs, I couldn't tape it up when other people did. And uh, it's, it's what I got. Okay, so let's talk Mike, points. Hold on, Mike, before you uh, finish that up to just a, another thing here, the setup this week at Phoenix, uh, got better and better uh, the more input we got with uh, with Mike Morley and uh, the schoolyard setups. Um, that 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 car at Phoenix was really good to drive, and I wish we could have gotten better finishes out of it for it. But uh, um, it's been a great finish to the NIS season with the setups, and I hope we can keep going forward. I'm going to try and run some A races this weekend um, at Homestead and just keep keep running here um because the setups are are fun to drive and and they're definitely uh they're definitely really competitive for uh for just hopping in and 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 driving it you know and he, he specifically has been watching every one of my races and taking my telemetry and and starting to get a better understanding of what fits my style compared to his style and and he he actually i i took the first phoenix race out on monday and I said it, it was balanced, but it was it just didn't roll the center like everybody else's did. Came back with a set the next week that he built, or the next day, the version two. And I was competitive with with guys that I usually don't catch. So, yeah, um, we're starting to really figure things out. Yeah, ever since we started schoolyard setups, I think at Texas, uh, the sets have been spot on for me. Let's talk points. Uh, Division two NIS Open. Uh, David, you led the way. Uh, P, uh, what is it? Five. You got top five. Uh, congratulations. You were six for the longest time. I actually, for most of the season until the drop week started kicking out, I was hanging around second and third. And then some of those people who had, had missed a few weeks jumped back in. Uh, Keith and Miguel Bindo and Keith Bridgman just came out of nowhere. But, you know, they're, they're front runners. So they were up there. Uh, yeah, but, I, you know, I wasn't even Division Two last year, so I'm probably going to get stuck in Division One and and be somewhere, be struggling to make the first page next year. Okay, and then I got 16th. Uh, not real happy with that, but it is what it is. Uh, Tom Dryling uh, finished 21st, and then Greg Hectus 24th in Division Two. I'll take that. Uh, I made my way back up from a horrible start to the season. Up until I bought VR, I I was out to lunch with these cars. I don't know what it was, um, but I'm starting to see more benefits with working with uh, the schoolyard setups, my VR, the computer running properly. Everything's just kind of coming together, and I probably had my more my second half of the season was probably the most successful of the guys on the team, I would guess. Now, overall NIS, when you combine divisions. Greg, you were 59th, Tom Dryling 53rd, I was 46th, but uh, David, you made the front page, uh, 
18th overall. Be proud of that. That's nice. Top 20. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got to run a lot of races over the summer. You know, we cl- we shut the schools down and in March. So I was getting to I got to run most of the first half of the season until we kicked back up in the fall and March the season kicked in. So, you know, I got a lot of extra attempts. And before the and the car was running really good for me until they changed the tire. Then I started struggling in that season three patch. Now, looking back, you know, I quit running fixed about halfway through the season. You know, mainly because none of my teammates were, and uh, the sets were just so dang tight. And I don't know if I'm going to get back to going to fixed in next season or not. That's kind of an open topic. I'm definitely going to continue with NIS Open, though. Well, um, you have options now in the fixed, too, right? Oh, no, so it's still the fixed. It was, it was the open series that you have the two choices. You had a choice, yeah. So, But they did make the fixed setups better. They have, uh, so maybe that's why I'll reconsider it. So I think I'll but go into the season starting with doing both of them, and we'll see how it goes. If you just want more track time, I, th- I think it's better to run the A opens. They run cleaner than NIS, and it, it gets you a chance to be on the seat on or the set. Yeah, on on the set and in the car before NIS happens. I you know I I practice just enough to make sure the set works, and then I go run one of those A opens and just consider it practice. All right. Well, and you've been you've done a great job at getting us some data to start off with for the week too, David. Because I don't always get a chance on Monday night to get home to do anything, and um, with what you are able to do when at nighttime just even even to have an idea what we're going into on a wednesday yeah and you uh, you just i don't know what i have until i put it on a track where other people are racing me i can go in at turning laps and going for hot laps and seeing where you end up on a practice chart or even doing 20 lap runs it just doesn't give me information on how it compares to everybody else so i don't know i don't know where we're starting until i get a chance to do what we call pit parties right and the best way to do that is to actually run one of those races you're right it's pretty interesting to see tom and i started the same amount of nis races this season um there's a little bit of we've pretty much mirror each other in stats and i think tom and i probably were the closest i rating to each other all season as well um and David, you have a lot more starts because, like you said, you had the the summer months were a little bit easier for you to get stuff more racing. So, done. so you're busted, Greg. So Tom Dryling's actually your second account. I wish no, <laughs> no. Tom uh, Tom has done a great job since he's come and joined the team and uh, been been a really good help. And I know he's really loving the roadside too now too. So it looks like we might have a really good uh, uh, competitive team. Or our, if we run two cars at Daytona for the 24 hours, we'll have a competitive side. And then I guess we'll call it the fun side as the other one, right? Well, we'll definitely kind of cooperate with the, the two other groups that I've raced with over the, over the year in the endurance races. We've got the zero-sum guys and the Elite West guys. And so I, mean, I plan on kind of getting everybody together and forming as many teams out of that as we can. So too early to start? We're only a couple months away. If you look at it, we're two months away from Rolex. Yeah. Wasn't it Greg that posted the de- the countdown to Daytona, like literally when the Phoenix race ended? Ninety four days after the Phoenix <laughs> was done. All right, let's keep moving. Other official racing uh, sprint car I ran uh, P nine at Lanier. I ran as high as fifth, but slipped a bit. Uh, 
<clears throat> teammate Adam Jocelyn joined me uh, for the first time and he ran his first sprint car race. He just bought the car. Um, he got actually wrecked out early, uh, but the set that he put together during our practice made a huge difference. Um, and, and so I was just running the set that was provided and, and he came in and was like, hey, try this. And wow, it was like three tenths faster at Lanier uh, when I switched to his set. And all of a sudden, I'm actually moving forward in a sprint car race for the first time. I, and, uh, I, you know, I moved my way from ninth to fifth. But if you get, uh, you know, pushed off the bottom up to the top, they just, you know, freight train you, you know, and you're, you're going to the back. But uh, yeah, I had fun with uh, Adam. Hope he uh, intends to continue to run that series with me. Then you're not gonna believe this. I ran a Ferrari GT Challenge fixed at Lime Rock. I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I see Tom and you guys doing all this IMSA stuff and I'm jealous because I, did, I suck at those cars and, and I wanna be better at road. So I gotta, you know, kind of dial it back. So I, hey, I'll try this quick race. Uh, Lime Rock, I ran uh, P7 out of 19. It was a good run. I did get run over at one point and spun, but uh, still brought it home seventh and uh, was happy with that result and walked away from it. But uh, I might try that again and maybe I'll uh, continue with the Ferrari GT Challenge. Got a, got a lot of uh, NIS uh, road courses coming up this year. Well, right. I need to work on that, right? Yeah, but I can tell you right now, the sports cars don't do you any justice compared to driving the uh, <laughs> the heavy cars the at track, a road course. Right? That's it. And yeah, it helps you learn the track. It goes the other way, though. I seem to be good in the sports cars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving to NASCAR Legends. I got a P16 at Michigan. I hit the wall and spun out. I suck. So I tried again the next night. That was a Monday night. Tuesday night, I tried again. It was P16 again. This time, there was no caution, and it was green the whole race. And I blew a right front with about five to go and limped it home. And I was running much better, probably, I think, seventh or eighth before the right front blew. But I wasn't the only one. There was five, six, seven cars out there that blew uh, wheels. Most people pitted. But with only four or five to go, I was just limping at home. And boy, you really had to slow it down in the corner. With a blown that thing tire? Turn. <laughs> you drove with a blown tire? Yeah. Damn. And it works uh, in that car. I mean, where's, but the, like, where's the damage bottle when you need it? But you, you lose, you know, three or four seconds a lap uh, trying to do that. But, uh, you know, I brought it home on the uh, on the lead lap anyway. So uh, and, and, and finished ahead of the people that pitted. So I thought it was worth it. So I think I had my biggest road accomplishment uh, on uh, the weekend. I took the uh, the last Triple Crown race. I won at Sebring um, in my uh, split. And the only reason I won this race uh, was probably a five minutes or less before the race. Um, Mike Morley gave me a quick tidbit of uh, he had tested the setup. Once again, we had the setup provided from schoolyard setups um, for, for to run the Corvette there. And he he told me, he goes, I have it set up to where you're going to have to save a couple lap, possibly a lap or a couple minutes of fuel uh, during the race. Uh, and it'll run out. He's think, uh, he, and his theory was that he thinks that everybody was just going to run um, with 
full tanks or, or not full tanks or or just run it as hard as they could and they wouldn't um wouldn't recognize that they were going to run out so they'd have to pit with a couple go and he was he was totally correct that was running fourth just having a nice good race and he uh he was right that they all pitted and i just basically ran consistent lap times and uh saved fuel i had i had another full lap and was able to do a burnout after the race uh to do it so it was quite uh it's quite interesting to win that race and uh i like that track i like that car um and i just like the imsa series man and i'm getting i'm feeling i'm feeling it there Triple i got to run, I, got, I got to run this as well i was a couple of splits higher and came home with a p4 um same issue the fuel became an issue and in the ferrari it's got a little bit of a smaller tank and it did not have enough fuel to go the full hour i spent the last 10 laps running i turned i had already programmed a button to uh, on my will to change the fuel mix and i was running most of the 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 laps about two seconds off the pace with that fuel changed to save fuel because uh, i had to save a whole lap of fuel pretty much uh and still brought home it brought it home before because a lot of people had to pit so just tell us real quick david how what information are you where are you getting the information to know this as you're going through the race you're like oh shit i gotta slow down big time or i'm not gonna make it how did you figure that out i have uh you know i race in vr but i basically float the jrt dashboard on top of the steering wheel or the dash in the car and it has almost everything you need to know for the race i don't i don't run anything else it's just all in that little box there and it'll tell you how many how many gallons you need to finish or and it'll tell you how many laps you can go versus how many laps are left and I was just seeing that I was going to come up short and started managing the fuel. They had one guy about three seconds behind me and he started to catch me just a little. So I think I cranked it back to three for like one lap and opened up. As soon as I did that, I was a second, literally a second faster. Um, but I could only do it for about one more lap. And then as once I got that, opened up that gap on him again, I was able to crank it back down to five. So it became a fuel mileage race, uh, which was, I wish they had not had the race length line up with the size of the fuel tanks so exactly but you know it could have been like it, a 1.5 hour race or uh 70 minutes even yeah, at something. 70 minutes everybody would have had to pit or you or make the tank smaller just like you do in the imsa series yeah okay let's talk uh, league and hosted our winter league started uh yesterday david and i participated um i'll start off i wrecked out bad uh, I ran 20th to 25th, the first stint, both of us did. Um, and, and first of all, I was a little bit nervous uh, during that stint because we weren't moving forward. I was like, normally I go to the front. It's Daytona, yeah. you know? But there was nowhere to go. There was nowhere to go, yeah. But after green flag stops, I was up to 15th. And then I worked myself to the lead after that, um, briefly but then got shoveled back to 15th. It was then two, well, three wide with Tyler Hudson on my outside and I was in the middle and there was a huge checkup in the middle lane and I ended up just barely, barely tagging the guy in front of me due to that checkup and caused the big one, a big, big wreck. It was lap 80 of 100. Um, man, I felt bad about that. I don't think I did anything wrong I, I don't think it was necessarily my fault, 
it was an accordion effect, you know, a, a domino effect where, you know, by the time the third or fourth car back in line realizes what's happening, it's too late and you run into the guy in front of them. It was one of those deals. Now, right before the wreck, though, David, I told you, shit, my wheel's not working right. Uh, my buttons don't work. My shifter's not working. We still had another pit stop for fuel, and I'm realizing I won't be able to shift from fourth down to third, second, or first. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise to be wrecked out because I had wheel problems. I don't know what the heck's wrong with my wheel. I did reboot it, and then everything was working after the reboot. I've had that happen a couple of times. It probably has something to do with the, uh, you know, the wireless connection. Just it loses access to those buttons. Uh, fortunately, when that happens for me, since I still keep my my fan attack shifter in sequential mode, that's a completely separate function that you might consider. Just keeping that sequ keeping a sequential shifter down there instead of using the pedals. For me, I uh, I took no damage on the green flag pit stop. Uh, when a group started pitting without announcing, I decided a little bit too late, I'll pit two, and did not time my braking correctly and plowed into somebody, made a mistake, had nose damage and uh, was a lap down, down horsepower. Um, and it sort of unbackfired because so many people wrecked out up in the pack that I couldn't keep up with, that I ended up coming away with a 17th. Yep, and I stayed out one more lap because, like you said, you decided last second to jump and down with the guys that pitted. I stayed out one more, and when I pitted, I got on really, really good, got on the pit road, and that's how I jumped basically from 25th up to 15th after the stops. But let's talk a little bit, David, about who's in that race. Um, we have a bunch of people from the iRacing staff. We got Nim Cross. We had Tyler Hudson. We had Christian Chaloner. In fact, uh, you and I were trying to follow, follow Christian Chaloner up through there. And, and we were trying to see how we matched up with him. Was he able to move forward? Were we moving forward? That kind of thing. And he just stayed about one or two cars in front, uh, rows in front of us. Right. That whole first stand. I mean, it was very, very super clean racing early. And, then the, and the cautions kind of probably happened a little bit more when they should have it it drove like a professional race even though it's you know it's an invite league but alan pajari picks good people who race clean and that's what you saw we ran we were thinking it was going to go green the whole race uh even and even when they did have some trouble everybody was it, it just it, the atmosphere was really nice and and it's it's going to be a good clean uh fun series to run this year but it's tough competition man tough competition yeah they also had sam roush in there a couple other staff members uh, several of the elliot esc guys were in there garrett didn't make it but his father was in there he and i were running around each other a lot uh we saw michael made the made the race a lot of big names oh yeah uh, there was some pro uh, pro in there um ex-pros and whatnot ex-coke drivers uh tyler hudson was the one making it three wide by himself and making progress. Yeah, and Tyler trolled the crap out of me. Out of me. <laughs> yeah, well, he trolled the crap out of me too. Uh, you may have missed it. I think you were already gone at this point. Uh, but I had a penalty coming out of the pits for speeding, uh, and after I was already a lap down. And with the way they rushed the cautions now, there was a lot of people who had who had pitted the next time around. 
that it was making me let him buy. And it was saying, get ready, like it was about to go green. And there were still about seven cars over half a lap behind me. And so I, I, I simply had to stop and delay the green or I was going to get black flagged. And I, I just said, sorry, it's telling me to let people buy. And he, he typed on their band and had, had a kick out of it. But fortunately, as far as I know, I haven't gotten that email yet. Yeah, it's a little, little bit different racing in a race with all these staff members like Nim Cross. You know, you want to be careful what you say on the radio and those kind of things. But that's what you have to do if you're in that situation. It's telling you to let people buy. You have to stop if they're half a lap behind you. Yeah, looking forward to the Winter League. Uh, Monday, they start the 87 Legend NASCAR cars. And I'm really looking forward to that because that's my baby. And we'll see how I run there. I was a little concerned, David, last night with how we were running that first run. But after the, the stops and I was up front and actually led a lap, I think all my anxiety just went out. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm back up front. This is where I belong. Even with this stout competition, I was still able to lead a lap. And, and that made me proud. Yeah, next week uh, we'll be at a, you know, a regular cookie cutter track. No, oh, it's two miles. It's Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, it'll be tough. It'll be, but uh, it's 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 an honor to get to run with the group. So Michigan's just a drafting track, anyways. But you actually have to lift a little. Okay, and with that, let's get into uh, final thoughts, Brian McCubbin. All right, guys. Uh, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Steve Thompson from uh, OBRL. He had been uh, talking me um, or through this. Uh, set up for the emotion system um I, I was having a little bit of troubles over this weekend i had everything together but i still wasn't get working right so uh he actually gave me his phone number and uh sunday afternoon took took an hour and a half out of his uh sunday to uh to go over everything with me we got it working everything perfect so uh man what a what a what a great great guy he did he, he was and uh, helped me out with that um and that's coming off of uh sunday morning he actually uh he won the uh, OBR, OBRL uh, Metro Ford uh, Cup Series championship. So uh, that's the 40-week series that uh, mimics the uh, NASCAR schedule. It's the OBRL's premier series, and uh, he won that. He he gets a, a custom uh, racing helmet as part of his uh, prize package. So uh, uh, he had a good weekend, and I appreciate all the help that he uh he gave me so uh, my system's up and running. I did my first uh, test yesterday um, with the monitor since I don't have VR yet, but uh, everything's working really great, and uh, I can't thank him enough. All right, congratulations, Steve Thompson, on the championship. That's uh, that's not an easy one to win uh, with those OBRL guys over forty weeks. That's amazing. All right, David Hall, final thoughts. Uh, I still stream twitch.tv slash mixmage. Uh, I'd like to have uh, some fresh blood come in and see if we can actually get the numbers up on the streams a little bit. Get, uh, I can see the chat, so come in and say hi. That's right. And I'm also streaming and with a camera these days, so you can see my ugly face. Uh, don't forget, all of our streams can be found at facebook.com slash Racing. And we will have a stream going up Saturday. Me and Greg are doing a major series together. Uh, we're doing three hours at Emola. It's kind of a pro-am type thing. Emola. Emola. Potato. All right, Greg. Heck, uh, final thought. I'm going to have to anchor this team, hopefully. 
Well, it's funny because he counts as the amateur and I count as the pro. So it, some, for some reason, the majors thinks I'm a pro. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, hopefully, I'll have my stream back going for it, too. Okay, what's your final thoughts, Greg? A um, little distracted on the episode today. I apologize to anybody listening. Um, I'm trying to get this, uh, I guess, what we're doing here in the background, our broadcast. I'm taking on a producer slash director's role here in the background and um, trying to create a, a, a broadcast here that uh, that everyone can watch on t- our uh, iRacers Lounge podcast Twitch channel. And it's just been... Uh, not been a headache or anything but it's been a a learning experience with a bunch of things i've been learning and working on so hopefully by next week i'll have everything polished out and we'll just keep going from there if there's any suggestions from anybody that's following listening just uh hit us up because uh it doesn't hurt to uh have another set of eyes suggest something for it i mean i I this tonight's just as basic we just threw it up to see what it would do and uh we'll go from there starting next week all right, and you can uh, watch us as well as listen to us. Even though we're an audio podcast, we're trying to bring some extra value there. Thanks, Greg. Uh, Tony Groves, uh, final thought. Yeah, I'm just going to reiterate a couple of things that I already talked about. Our uh, congratulations to our, our two T-shirt winners, ResDog and Carrie Seall. Don't forget, guys, get me your information so we can get that stuff out to you. It'll be cool. And uh, this Saturday, tune in, find us on YouTube, search up Ladies of iRacing or the OBRL, the Old Bastards Racing League. They are, um, they are broadcasting for it. And us three uh, aftermath knuckleheads will be calling the race. Should be a good time. I know we're, we are all super excited to do this another time. All right. I'll be watching. And uh, my final thoughts, uh, thanks to, our champion, Nick Ottinger, for coming on our show for the second time and uh, telling us all about his uh, new championship. And congratulations to him. Um, man, the end of the season is here. I finished 16th in points. That's not how I wanted to finish, but um, I was hoping for a top 10. That was the goal. I think uh, before I was 11th, it was one of my uh, best uh, year in finishes. So why did my 16th instead of 11th? Well, I don't think I've gotten better or worse, to tell you the truth. I think there's more people racing, and some of those people are better than me. And uh, I'm where I should be. I, 16th is where I should be, I think. And, um, and uh, that's natural as a, you know everything grows and there's better drivers out there. You got people coming up through the system like Mr. Garrett Maines, who actually won the overall NIS Open uh, Points Championship. Uh, He's not going to be here long. He's moving on to pro and he's going to be moving on to cut more than likely. Um, I mean, to Coke, I mean. So, uh, you know, he won't be there next year, hopefully in the NIS and that'll open up somebody else who can uh, run for the championship. So excited to have run in this every year it's been going and i know i ha- i'm one of those guys that has the most starts in the uh, in the in the open so uh, you know real proud of that as well and with that we'll see you out on the track later thank you for listening to the odd racers lounge podcast 
Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.